Welcome to the Potter's House Community Church's podcast. Join us weekly as we feature our Sunday sermons. The Potter's House Community Church exists to help people be shaped by God to be followers of Jesus Christ. We hope today's message encourages you as we dive into God's Word. So grab your favorite drink and let's listen to today's sermon. So show me your mysteries, my God. Today we're going to be looking at a topic um, that ends up uh, being pretty controversial uh, among Christians. Um, we're going to be looking at the instructions that uh, Paul gives uh, gives us relating about how Christian families should conduct themselves, how as a family unit you should interact with one another, um, how wives should treat their husbands, how husbands should treat their wives, um, and how we should approach our kids, how kids should approach their parents. Um, and, uh, and sadly, it does end up being a controversial thing. Um, I, think, I think that's primarily because a lot of us... Um, have broken families because we're broken people. Um, and so when we hear uh, scripture saying like, this is what the family unit should look like, sometimes that's kind of hard to hear, put up against our life experience, um, if that's fair. Um, but uh, today I want to do what I try to do every week. And I just want to give you scripture, give you God's word and, uh, and let it speak to you. Um, and so, so hopefully if you w- walk away offended today, you're offended by scripture. Um, so, uh, so yeah, but a good context to start with though, before we get into that part is to go back to some of what we looked at the, at the end of last week, at the end of last week, um, we read these verses and I would say that there is probably no better place to apply these verses than in the home and probably no harder place to consistently apply these verses than in the home. So here's what Paul said. He said, put on then as God's chosen one, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, Do you forgive each other in your home? I hope so. So you also, um, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And so if, if we can... It, it, it doesn't surprise me that after Paul gives us that instruction, he then goes on to give you a little more detail on how that should look in the household, how that should look within the family unit. And uh, because coming right out of, of that section, he goes on and he says this starting in verse 18. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Okay, have you guys all mastered all of that? You got it all down? Can we just just end the sermon now, go home? Um, Yeah, no, I think we all uh, need to be reminded of this. Um, Whatever your situation is, whatever 
even your marital status is. Um, I know we have many of you um, here in our church who we love dearly, um, who you are single. Um, and so you look at this passage and you're probably like, well, what does that have to do with me? Um, I also know many of you and your desire is not to remain single. Um, and so this is good practice um, for you for the future um, to tell you what you should be looking for and what uh, a future marriage relationship might look like. Um, maybe some of you do feel called to be single and that's where you want to remain. Well, this is, these are good passages for you to encourage your brothers and sisters with. Um, and so there's something useful here for you, no matter whatever your current circumstance is. And so Paul starts off here with, with the verse that, uh, let's be honest, gets the most confrontational today, um, gets, the, gets the most heat, um, if we will. And he says, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. And, uh, and some, some people uh, will take different approaches to passages like this. Um, some people will come to this passage and others like it in scripture and they will say, well, in the culture that Paul was writing to, um, uh, this was a valued characteristic in the culture for a wife to be submissive to her husband. And so therefore Paul is saying here, um, that, Hey, we don't want to shine bad light on Christ. So you need to do this thing that looks good to everybody else around you so that they will accept Christ and accept who we are. Um, my problem with that is that none of these passages does Paul ever couch any of our, of this, of his instructions along these lines in relationship to culture. Um, what he seems to be doing to me is trying to paint a picture of this is what a godly family and a godly household should look like. This is what a godly, this is the way God designed things to work. Um, and so, so no, I don't, uh, I don't buy, um, that explanation. Um, and so, uh, so how, how do we understand this? How do we approach this? Um, and, uh, one thing I do want us to, to make sure we remember as we go forward in this is what it's not saying. Um, it is not saying in any way uh, that men are superior to women. Um, you know, Paul kind of gets the rap for, for being a male chauvinist because of, of, of these passages. And um, sometimes when, when we approach Scripture honestly and faithfully on some of these things, um, we can kind of get that, that tag put on us. And, and that's not uh, what I think he's doing because Paul's the one that makes it clear in Galatians 3.28, um, he says this, he says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And so Paul in that passage is saying like male and female, men and women, as far as our standing before God, as far as the way that we're saved, as far as the way we're redeemed, we're equal. Um, what, what scripture says in, in the beginning, God created male and female in his image. Men and women are equally image bearers of God. One is not more so than the other. And so 
So in this, we can see that, yes, just in who we are as men and women, um, there is not a, a superiority. There's, there's not a, a hierarchy in, in that way um, because we are, we are equal before God in, in our standings and in all of these things. Um, another uh, place in Scripture uh, that we uh, can, can look at is... Uh, is over in Ephesians. Um, it's kind of like in Colossians. Uh, Paul gives the cliff note version of this passage. And then in Ephesians, he gives like the full text. Okay. Um, and uh, you guys know what I mean when I say cliff notes? Yeah. Anybody use those in school? It's like, I don't want to read the book, so I'm just going to get the cliff notes and then I can pass the test. Uh, yeah, so Colossians is the cliff note version. So if you just want cliff notes, go to Colossians. Um, but if you want more in depth um, over in Ephesians, uh, Paul um, makes it a little uh, more detail. It gives a little more weight to it. Before he gets into this part about uh, husbands and wives, he, he's in a part where he says this, uh, Ephesians 5, uh, starting in verse 20, giving thanks always and, and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So in that verse, he's saying, as Christians, male and female, all of us were to have a, a, a certain aspect of mutual submission to one another. Um, and, and so, uh, so some people will go to that verse to then try to negate what he says coming after it, um, about the household, um, which I don't think is his point. I think his point is, yes, we should have mutual submission, uh, between us out of respect for one another, out of love for one another. Um, that's how we should conduct ourselves as Christians with each other. But then, he goes on and clarifies further, and he says in verse 22, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Now looking at that verse, can you say, oh, he's just wanting you to look good with the culture? No, you can't. He's saying, based on the example of Christ's relationship to the church, this is how the family unit is to work. This is how, how things are to conduct themselves. And even if you try to apply that mutual submission uh, to what he's saying there, he's saying that the, the, the best example for this relationship is Christ's relationship to the church. I want to ask you, does, does Christ have mutual submission to the church? Does he do just whatever we tell him whenever we want him to? No. And honestly, that when we talk about submission, that's not even really what we're talking about. But as the church is to submit to Christ and to his will, put him and his will um, before us and what he says um, should, should go first, well, then that's how Paul is saying that, that wives should look at their husbands and should treat them. But you know why that works between the church and Christ? It's because we know that he loves us. We respect him. We know he has our best interest at heart. 
We know he literally laid down his life for us. So yes, out of response to that, it's easy to submit to him. It's easy to to put what he wants first. And so that's why uh, we see in these verses of instructions to wives that immediately in both places he, he goes to instructions to husbands. So the first thing, first point is wives submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. You might catch on to a theme for my points today. Like I said, if you're going to be offended, I want you to be offended by scripture, not me. Um, Yeah, I'm just, my points are straight word for word from scripture today. So, but Colossians 3.19, he goes on, husbands love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Men, how are you doing on that last part? So easy for us as men to fall into being harsh. And when, when we do, when we fall into that, then it makes it really hard for the wife to respect us. And when, it's hard, when we make it hard for our wife to, to respect us, then it's definitely hard for her to submit. But when we do what he's saying here, love your wives and do not be harsh with them, or as he says back over in Ephesians, he says this, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Wow, that's the standard for which I'm supposed to love my wife? That he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of his body, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. I'm saying that refers to Christ and the church. So Paul is saying, husbands, your role is to depict Christ in your marriage. Your role is to lay down your life for your wife. You're literally one flesh. You put her before yourself. You're willing to lay down your life and die for her. Um, when Brittany and I were in, uh, well, before I, before I tell this story, anybody going to a beach anytime soon? Okay, I'm going to tell a story anyway because uh, I'm jealous. Um, but uh, when, uh, when Brittany and I were in premarital counseling, our, our pastor, some of you guys have met Steve um, Bateman before. He was the one that did our premarital counseling. And um, he, uh, he was working through this passage in Ephesians with us um, as a couple and showing us like as a married couple how we are to conduct ourselves and, um, and that kind of thing. And he got on the husband part and he said, you know, I just saw this story in the news about this couple that were on their honeymoon. Um, and they're at a beach and a shark came and started going for the wife. And so the husband jumped in front of the shark to try to fight the shark off. And the, and the wife was able to get away and the husband was killed. Um, and that was his illustration of this passage. Um, so then, uh, we get married and we're on our honeymoon and, uh, we 
paid these people to take us out uh, snorkeling, um, and I was told there were sea turtles. So I was on a mission um, to find the sea turtles. So I jump off the boat, and I'm just swimming, going for it, trying to find sea turtles. And I swim for a ways, and I was like, oh, yeah, Brittany. And then I, I turn around, and I look, and I was like, well, where, where is she? Where did she go? And, uh, and I was a good, like, I was from here to the back of the room, away from the boat by this point. And uh, I turn around, and I swim back, she's, and she's sitting there, like, hanging onto the side of the boat. And I was like, what are you doing? Sea turtles, come on, let's go find them. You said you wanted to do this. She said, Steve, story, sharks, you're going to get eaten. <laughs> And, uh, and I said, Brittany, you see the guy on the big paddleboard? That's his job. He's looking out for sharks. He's protecting us. Let's go find sea turtles. So then we went and found the sea turtles and had a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, but he told that story to us of an example of a husband laying down his life for his wife, which is honestly, men, if we're honest... I think we're a lot better at laying down our life in that way. Like, yeah, there's a big imminent threat. I'll jump in front of it. I'll do the manly thing right here. We're a lot better at laying down our life in that way than we are at laying down our life in the sense of I'll take out the garbage. I'll lay down my life in the way that that I won't do right now what I want to do to make me happy, to give me pleasure. I will do what will make her life better and make her have a better day. I will sacrifice my wills and my desires to better her life and her desires. And so, men, I, I challenge you that, that if we are really willing to lay down our lives, that doesn't just mean our physical heartbeat but that means our actual day-to-day life and being willing to put our wives first because we are one flesh and we want what is best for her. And like the pastor that was doing my premarital counseling, I, I use this passage in Ephesians when I'm taking a couple through premarital counseling. And it never fails that when I, I go through this, that when we get to that first part about wives submitting to your husbands, I can always see like kind of the hair stand up on the back of the girl's neck. And she's kind of like, I want to be polite right now. I don't want to be rude, but I'm not too sure about this. And then we get to this part about the husbands and we really hash this out and what that looks like. And then I go back to the wife and I say, if he is doing that, if that's the way that he's living, if that's the way he treats you, can you submit to him? And every time it's absolutely. And so husbands, it's on you to be a man and treat your wife well. And so we see here, husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Okay, next, verse 20. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Over in Ephesians, he, he says it this way. Ephesians 6, 1-3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. 
And so, so yes, children, there's instruction here for you as well. God's design in the family is for you to obey your parents. Why? Because your parents have your best interests at heart. They're looking out for you. They want what's best for you. They love you. They care about you. They have more wisdom and knowledge than you do, and they're trying to use that for your betterment, for building you up. And so in this, we, we see here um, that in the Ephesians passage, Paul gives a qualifier. He says, in the Lord. In the Colossians passage, Jesus says, in everything. So I want to propose to you that, that the context of the Colossians passage, I think he's saying in everything in the sense of you're in a Christian family where you have a godly father and a godly mother who are giving you instructions in the Lord. And so I say that to say, and I'll go back to point out, I didn't make this point to wives um, on verse 18 where it says, wives submit to your husbands. And then it says, as is fitting in the Lord. So on both of these, I will say to you, I think there's a full, clear qualifier in Scripture that if it, if it ever comes down to submitting your, to your husband or obeying Jesus, you go with Jesus. If it ever comes down to obeying your parents' children or listening to what Jesus says in Scripture, go with what Jesus says in Scripture. Because our, our allegiance first and foremost is to him. But the design, God's design for in the family unit is for the instruction that's coming from parents to be his instruction. For the, the, the wisdom and the guidance that parents are giving to be godly and according to his word. But I'll tell you as a parent, we don't always get it right. So even I remember one time I was trying to give my son some counsel on something. And I even told him, I said, Rowan, I, like, this is what I think. This is how I think you should handle this situation. But if you don't feel like Jesus is telling you to do that, don't do that. If, if you, this is, this is what I would do. This is the way I think you should handle it. But what I want for you to do is to listen to him and seek what, what he would have for you to do in this kind of situation in the future. And so... So yes, children, obey your parents in everything is what it says here. But then, why we can say that in the context, the children are obeying in godly ways and in godly advice. He says in verse 21, fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Now there's a lot of discussion as to why he singles out fathers here. Why isn't both parents, like they're supposed to obey both parents, and why does it just say fathers? And I would say probably the simple answer to that is fathers need to be reminded of this a lot more than mothers do. Uh, mothers tend to not really have a trouble with provoking their children. Um, and so, uh, so credit to you mothers. Um, others say that uh, the word their forefathers can be translated as parents as fathers and mothers but uh but regardless he he does single out fathers here what does he say back over in ephesians he says fathers do not provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the lord so what is one thing we do see there men we do see that it is not the godly 
way. It is not God's design for the family, for us as fathers to check out and say, oh, all of the raising the kids is on mom. That is, that is something that it commonly happens, um, and that is not God's design. God's design for us as fathers is to be involved, to be a part of raising our kids and teaching our kids in, in, in the instruction of the Lord, um, as he says in Ephesians, appropriately disciplining them, but, as he says here in Colossians, not provoking them, and uh, because we don't want them to become discouraged. Another pastor, a guy named John MacArthur, he's offered 10 ways that as fathers or as parents, we can provoke her children. One, parents can provoke their children by overprotection. Two, parents can provoke their children by showing favoritism. Three, parents can provoke children by depreciating their worth. Four, parents can provoke their children by setting unrealistic goals. Five, Parents can provoke their children by failing to show affection. Six, parents can provoke their children by not providing for their needs. Seven, parents can provoke their children by a lack of standards. Eight, parents can provoke their children by criticism. Nine, parents can provoke their children by neglect. And ten, discipline. And so, what does Paul say? He says, fathers, do not provoke your children. Now, there's a lot in here, and if we're honest, we probably had our toes stepped on a little bit one way or the other. Um, if we didn't, then we're probably just pretty angry right now. So, I want to close with where we started. This was his instructions that I think he's clarifying how this applies in the family. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Binds everything together in perfect harmony. How would you love for your family to be bound together in perfect harmony? How nice would that be? thought it would be good to just end with one last verse in 1 Corinthians 13, um, 4 through 8. It says this. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And I pray that our households will be marked by that kind of love.
I was just reminded of one more point that I didn't make that I meant to make about three times in this sermon. And that's that in these verses, nowhere, nowhere does it tell one spouse to make the other spouse do what it's saying. It gives us instructions on how we are to act in the situation, not what we're to force on someone else. Let's pray. Jesus, we do thank you that you came and died on the cross for us. We thank you that you laid down your life for us so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be made right with you, so that we could be a part of your church. Lord, we thank you as your church that that we get to submit to you, that we get to to live under your protection and your guidance. And Lord, we're, we're happy to do that because we respect you and we love you because you first loved us. Lord, I pray that you will help us to model this in our homes. I pray that our homes as your people will be representative of you and what you've done for us. I pray that as others are around us and interact with us, they'll see what is different because they see the way that you're working in our family life and the way that we treat one another, the way we interact with one another. Lord, I thank you for all that you do for us. In Christ's holy name, I pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Feel free to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and share with others. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit our website at www.potterschurch.ca or you can connect with us also on social media. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of our weekly sermon series. We hope that you have such an amazing rest of your day. Don't you feel yourself.